Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Nets fans, New York City's, and listeners overall, the fuckery has begun. It is the off season, y'all, and Popthorn's here to talk to you about it. Let's do this. Pod Thorn Crew. We're going through the most historic time in our franchise, and it has nothing to do with winning. My man Kool Aid, what up? What's good? You feeling good? You feeling good? I, you to my least stressed feel, friend. <laughs> oh, I feel great. I, 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 I can see the future. It's bright, bud. I'm feeling uh, good. No stress. I, I, I like that. I like that. Sam LaChow. What up, buddy? What's going on? I'm, I'm also in a pretty optimistic state right now, surprisingly. But... I was mad, yeah. mad yesterday. When... <laughs> I got emotional for Ben yesterday because the reality of of it is when you're just talking, you, you can't get like-for-like like return on these players, but I look at it from the perspective of how good can you be potentially, right? If Ben's mind is right, I think potentially he's like a baby LeBron. If his mind is right, and this is the organization that says they pride themselves on helping people physically, mentally, the you know, the, whatever the what was it performance team is got all these types of individuals in it. In it. I, I I think I think their greatest uh, prize could be Ben, and if they trade Ben, we're now looking at maybe some dudes that could kind of be all-stars i don't know that that bothered me yesterday but i we won't even we won't even touch on that until later i want to start off with kind of like before we go deep deep where we are in everything right like where do we stand right now all we know is kevin durant's axed out for a trade kyrie irving has opted in but since Kevin's gone, we, we think he's gone. And we're looking at all of these trade trade uh, uh, scenarios to rebuild this team. What am I missing, Sam? Talk to me. Where are we? No, I think, I mean, look, I think you got it. I think the entire, you had basically all the deals that were basically, you know, wink, winked about before, uh, before even July 1st or June 30th hit. And those were done instantly. You had the big Rudy Gobert trade and the Brogdon trade and whatnot. And then basically since then, it's been radio silence. Once once KD basically announced that he uh, uh, wanted to get traded, it's been pretty relatively silent like in the entire uh, 
in the entire NBA. And to be honest, like I think it's going to continue like that because there's just too many moving pieces. And you know, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a uh, it's a surprise that a lot of the big names that even haven't been moved themselves haven't in part because I think that they could either directly or indirectly have some effect on the entire NBA landscape. So like DeAndre Aiden, for example, is someone who people have, you know, talked about going to the Spurs, who have cap space, or the Pacers, but the Pacers could get involved in any type of multi-team Nets trade. You have Miles Turner, who everyone thought was going to get traded. He's he's someone who could probably get looped into any Aiden-related thing. You obviously could have the rumors of the Raptors and or the, the Pelicans. And then you also have, you know, other names that people assumed were going to get traded, like mm-hmm. John Collins and whatnot. But I think the entire league is kind of in a, in a standstill because this Nets deal might involve so many players and so many teams that I think a lot of ro- a lot of GMs don't really know how many roster spots they're going to have. And so it's just created a massive uh, limbo within the entire uh with the entire league for a lot of uh for a lot of different teams so i mean i'm interested to see what happens and, and the other thing you got to think about is uh and this obviously doesn't relate to the Nets directly but like you also have teams where if they if they uh like like a team like the suns let's say they don't get Durant. let's say the nets end up making a deal with toronto or the nets don't make a deal at all and the Suns end up losing Aiden to like the Pacers for like pennies on the dollar, or to the Spurs just flat out through, uh, uh, through cap space. Like that. Now you have a Suns team that's without their best center. All their players now knew that they were about to be in a in a trade. They got an aging point guard. It just seems like there's, it just seems like there's a bunch of different uh, uh, like permutations, whatever you want to call it, that could happen. A bunch of sliding doors, I guess is probably the right way to say it, based off of whatever happens over the next week or month or however long it's supposed to, you know, (laughs) go on for. I have no idea. You also have the landscape of where the fans are. The fans, like like, that was like, the way you just broke that down is where the NBA is. But if you're talking about our Nets fans, like, it is weird to see that we have no unified thought, idea, or process. We're just a fractured group of people with different uh, (laughs) wants. Talk about that a little bit, Sam. Like, have we all lost our damn minds? I mean, look, I think, like, and and we'll obviously get into it in detail. I think it's really interesting because, right, as as you said, like, I kind of gave the basketball overview from the from the Nets fans' perspective. I think it's so interesting, from honestly, even beyond the basketball standpoint, from just like how you judge, you know, obligation and duty. It's cultural responsibility. Yeah, there's some type of there's there's a cultural thing involved. Like, it's just interesting seeing, you know, how people have taken this whole entire KD Kyrie thing, and there's also Mm -hmm. a big like management versus labor kind of uh undertone to a lot of this stuff but yeah i I think it's a little bit i think it's a little bit more complicated than management versus labor that that always was a very clear yeah i think i think the people that are that are separating is that are the people who are looking at this in the most like naive and kind of unsophisticated way possible um but like yeah i mean look you have you have a bunch of different sects right now i would say you have the sect of people who are 
KD slash Kyrie stands mixed with a little bit of Nets fandom where they basically cannot believe that a team would ever do anything not 100% um, uh, in line with what KD and Kyrie want. You have people who literally just want what's best for the, <laughs> the Nets generally, and because of that, you know, are um, are kind of in the middle on all this. They want to see KD and Kyrie back, but they also realized that what was going on wasn't sustainable. You have other people who were just completely sick of everything that was going on and basically are ready to blow this entire thing up, didn't think that what was going on was sustainable at all, and don't really even care if KD or Kyrie is back. And obviously within those three kind of groups, there's also a ton of nuance. Um, no, I, I felt heartbreak the first day. I, I felt heartbreak and... For an old ass man with big ass kids, um, I felt like it was. It's kind of like it's kind of like when I was a kid, and I found out that Darth Vader wasn't black. I really, I really had a picture of a black man inside that suit. Like, uh, I, and matter of fact, I, I, the picture I had of of him was that. He looked just like O.J. Simpson. That it was O.J. Simpson underneath the Darth Vader helmet. And when I found out that, when I heard that Luke, I am your father line, I was like, damn it. You know what? I digress. It hurt me a lot. Because as a big KD fan, um, I, this is not the dude I thought he was. And I've spent a lot of characters on Twitter arguing back that this is not the person KD is. I don't, you know, KD would never do that. KD would is not a follower. You don't, you don't become that great if you don't understand your singular purpose. All these things that I've said about Kevin Durant, he made them, he made them untrue. He made, he made what I believed about him untrue. But then the next day, I started thinking about. It. I was like, well, if you really look at this from the ten thousand foot view. You have a team that's only been out of the, that hasn't been out of the second round, and I, no matter what the context is, reasons, whatever, they haven't been successful. Basketball hasn't been the most important thing, and a franchise that used to be considered a model franchise was set in disarray. So I started. Those are those are irrefutable. Like that's what happened, right? Without an opinion, without anything on it, that's where we are. Could we wake up and have our best players be 25 and 21 and have a bouncy team that's competitive on, on most night because they could defend, may search for where they could get buckets from on a daily night? But they, could that be better for us? Could, could KD, like Harden, I believe, save us from ourselves? Because you know it, he's older. You know his body is wearing down. Why not let that go somewhere else more ready to win more more in a, a, a franchise more in their right mind than what we are right now and the weird thing is and and <clears throat> which is you know where how we're going to get into our next topic which is who's at fault the weird thing is for the first time i feel like um sean marks and josiah are doing their job I think before it, their answer to everything was, well, whatever they want, do it. Okay, is that what they want? Let's do it. 
e e almost every single time. That that's basically been the mindset of the Nets the past three years. And I don't. And for me, I don't understand how they could get blamed one for what's going on because they just have been their track record is just doing what the stars want and then two be mad at them the moment a star calls them and says i want to be out of here and they and the owner is like and because kd specifically called the owner and then the owner's response is okay let's do it do, i i think you have to be at a level of a level of frustration a level of of i'm done with this to, to get to that point when, when Rich Kleinman calls you. And I think that, which Kool-Aid, I want you to kind of reflect on as we, we try to break down who's at fault here. Uh, yeah. I, was a, no, no, I was about to interject on something you just said. Oh, then Maybe. go ahead. Um, <clears throat> so this is the first time since um, Father Russia left the team that I think the GM actually has a plan this time. Um, I don't think when he inherit when Sean Marks inherited Billy King's fuck up, he had to do too much. All he had to do was be competent to not do what Billy King did. We was at rock bottom. Right. You can't go no lower than where we were at as a franchise. So you can take a chance on a Joe Harris and a Spencer and then nurture it so it works out. Yeah. You can do the D'Angelo Russell trade because you have no young stars, nothing to build on. You can give Levert, you know, you can trade for Levert, and even though he's, you know, coming off injury, you can allow him to blossom. Um, the one thing that people fail to forget was in that draft, the Jared Allen draft, Bam, out of, Bam was supposed to come to the Nets. Everybody thought Jared Allen was going to go higher than Ben. Right. And, you know, forever it worked out for both parties, right? It worked out so, better for Miami. Yeah, but, but I'm, not, it, I'm not that big on Ben. But it, yeah, but it worked uh, out for, 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 for every way they felt. Mm -hmm. It worked out for both of those players. They're getting 100-plus million. It worked. True. Okay. And then they go from 20 to 28 to 42 wins. That are darlings, and everybody's on cheap deals. Then that's where side buys the team. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. He didn't buy it yet. He he bought some of it. Yeah, he bought half. And yeah, and this is how I'm gonna transition into who's at fault. So mm -hmm. when you get to that point, it's another blink 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 canvas. You get the stars. Now, here's the issue with getting the stars. I think that, um, and, you know, I saw it on Twitter and I agreed with it, that because technically Sean Marks only had three years on the job, and the first year is a throwaway year. Because what he came in, like, February or something? He came, yeah, he came So he came, he came, he came in, in right after the All-Star break or something like that. Yeah, but so yeah, he he came he I'm came mid season. Yeah, I'm not gonna count that. I count the next season. So he probably had a year and a half, two two years altogether before the stars got there. Okay. 
you can't really build a culture yet in two years. The reason why is because Kenny Atkinson was a first-time head coach. So he's still learning the ropes, has to be the head person and responsible for everybody. So he need a little learning curve. And he had nobody behind him who really did it and had structure and success. Yeah, we can say they're doing it the Spurs way or whatever. But if you don't have what Eric Sposa had in Miami, like you had Pat Rowley to lean on. He was there with um, Stan Van Gundy. People may not like Stan, but he was winning. Let, let me let me say something about that. It, luck plays such a big part in all of this. And the reason why is Pat Riley got lucky to have a Magic Johnson, a championship team, a team that already won a championship with another coach. But they liked Pat Riley. And he liked Pat Riley and, um, enough to force a move as a as a second year NBA player too. Wow, um, Magic Johnson was able to get Pat Riley in that role. They won tons of rings, and and uh, and he got tons of credibility from that. Same thing with with Popovich. Popovich, it was a piece of luck of getting Tim Duncan in the draft. If if the Nets get number one overall, history is way different. And but those rings, once you are successful, once you are successful, you could then talk about what your culture is because and no no matter what culture you have, people have to believe you can do it. And if you have no see. rings, people are always going to be speculative on if you can do it or not. Now, see, you're 100 percent right. To a certain degree, it takes luck. Every everybody knows every season, there's luck, luck, health, you know, however it goes. Now, in, in, in everything you said, you're 100% facts, but also the part you left out, they had a GM that had done it. So it may not, it may have been new, but they showed some signs of I know what I'm doing. Not to say that Sean didn't, because he, he, he built it back up fine. Now, you conceded, to me, they conceded too much to the stars. I think may, we might have let me go back for a second. We might have should have waited another year. Even and I know that sounds crazy to say, yo, you wouldn't take Kevin Durant and KD. Mm, yeah, you and Kyrie would do that in theory. Yeah, and Kyrie. Everybody would do that in a heartbeat. But the Nets right. wasn't ready as a front office, nor as a coaching staff, where they're mm. truly ready for those for those high character superstars. I think I, I think you mean high caliber, right? Like yeah, high caliber, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. That's why I corrected myself. It's all about <laughs> the talent. Right. Um, it's, it's it's and what the and what those type of players can can demand, right? Yeah. So we wasn't we wasn't fully suited to 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 deal with that. Now, hmm. fast forward when we start talking about the blame, the blame starts. I'm not I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna knock them. But Sean Marks didn't actually recruit them. And I've been saying this for years now. I, I've he said it for years. Them. Yeah. He inherited them and got lucky. Hey. But here, here's the question. They didn't choose the, the Knicks. They could have went there. They had the right. same open policy for both. They chose the Nets because 
they could mold it the way they wanted and right. bend it to the to, to their will. Right. They knew they couldn't do that. But it's be, but it is with the Chloe, to, to push back. It is like this is where I think that Marx actually doesn't get enough credit in that. So I like I totally I totally hear you about the about the you know like like. Katie and Kyrie chose the Nets. It wasn't like Marx did some like. He made no. He made it comfortable. He made it. He made it. I know what you're about to say. But, he made it an intriguing option to come there. Yeah, like he like the reason why like for for all of the nonsense about like oh well oh well Kyrie grew up a Nets fan and all that stuff, which as we know and as as, as it's been apparent, absolutely nothing is, you know, like KD and Kyrie. If the if the Knicks had. Joe Harris and Dinwiddie and Jared Allen and Claxton and Karis LeVert, the, the, Katie and Kyrie are choosing the Knicks. They didn't choose the Knicks because it wasn't because of like James Dolan or any of that or, or, or because the Nets had Kenny Atkinson or anything like that. It was because Marks created a team where he had four to five ready-made guys who could play in playoff games and all he had to do and, – and he also created two max slots. So like that's why I push back when people – Say that Katie and Kyrie didn't choose because of because of Marks because you could say the same thing about like with, with like even even with Pat Riley like LeBron Wade and Bosh went to the went to the basically the one team that had uh, three max slots the Knicks didn't have three max slots I think the Bulls were the only team that could partially have gotten to three max slots even but at they the went to my they went to Miami even better because it was easier because the Wayne Wade was already there right exactly. Going to Chicago, I mean, all three of them had to change. Now, yeah, right, for push, sure. Which even proves more that Riley didn't do as much. It was basically that it was easy. Yeah, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not knocking Marks for this, but what I'm saying is, and, and, and that's, I didn't get to finish the thought, is that most times when you're building it and you're, and you're going out and you're having conversations with these free agents, you kind of know how you want to build it and you're selling them on your vision right and then they either going to sign because they see the vision with you they plant the vision with you or they don't sign so for marks to find out the same way we found out that they chose the next and that they just coming so then you don't have a full plan yet on how you're going to build around them and how it's going to look and and point in cases you fire the head coach while neither star is playing that year. It doesn't matter. No reputable organization who actually has a plan and structure, strong or culture, as the word we like to use, um, will do that. That's but Kool-Aid, that what, what if the players, even though they weren't playing, what if the players, is that's what they wanted? They They... They didn't okay, approve of the head coach. They're not playing. That is not something you have to do in February, March of a season where you're about to get ready for the playoffs. You do not do that. I not never. I. But you're you're missing this, so the point wait, that. So, no, 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 no. I get the point you're saying. It doesn't matter for that year because the star players are not playing. That is something you do behind the scenes where you talk to the you talk to the stars and you tell them, listen, we're getting ready for the playoffs. We need our playoff push. Y'all y'all are not here right now. Right. But they wanted DeAndre starting. It I didn't matter. I, I never believed that until now. 
I never believed that I never believed that the stars even had anything to do with it. I thought I thought it was an anti new owner. The owners, you know, new owners, they like to put their their mark on the team and and they want to do something then, when and, right? And, let me, let me, and then that's what I'll, and I'm, that's when the GM steps in. That's when right. the GM steps in and tells him, no, 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 no. We'll right. do that on the offseason because but, then you can get who you really want. Cooley, I, I don't believe that he even wanted to fire him at all. I think I think he refused. They told him, remember how this went down. Sean Marks had a meeting with him, right? And in that meeting, he basically told Atkinson what the players wanted. I need you to play DeAndre Jordan, right? Which I, at the time I thought was crazy, and I, I was totally wrong because it now, in hindsight, looks like for sure, and I want you both to react to this, that KD or Kyrie asked for Atkinson to be fired because he refused to play DeAndre Jordan over Jared Allen. No, the wording was he didn't know how to deal with stars. DeAndre Jordan wasn't a star. But so, but that was the that I feel like that because immediately he gets fired, Jacques Vaughn gets put in, DeAndre Jordan is in the lineup. Yeah, we, we, we know what it was. But my, my, my thing is, and, and this is to go to the blame. If you're a GM, at some point with the new owner, he's trusting you to know basketball, right? The basketball side. He's going to deal with the business side. That's your partnership. You have to stop him from himself the same way you have to stop the players from themselves. So when I look at the, the, the fault and who's to blame, it's because you conceded so much to the players. Like, you had, they had no backbone. That, that's 100% point. true. I, but but I what? think – go ahead, go ahead, Sam. What you going to say? So uh, here's, here's where I kind of, like – lay on, on a lot of this stuff which is that you know if, in the outset when they first when this when this whole thing first started Kyrie and KD were sold and 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 it was true that they were going to be you know like co-partners and so like you two you like you guys are are, are more in like the business world like than, than I am but like if you if that said and then Kyrie and KD actually have you know the um the authority it seemed like to make certain decisions and have their voice be heard, and in a lot of ways, they almost seem like they were acting unilaterally. Then, like you, like you have to deal with the with the with the blame and the responsibility that comes with it. And so, with all that said, it's like you know, and and, and this relates, which I know is probably where where we're gonna eventually go to. But it, this all relates to the Kyrie contract situation, which is like if 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 if, if KD says, "Well, I'm well, I'm gonna be." Con- I'm, I'm out if you don't give this guy a max who hasn't shown that he is in the slightest bit reliable. And even if he is reliable, is keeps you on edge the entire time and also could demand a trade where he has a five-year deal and then has even like negative value. It'd be the, one of the worst contracts in sports. Then like I don't think it's then fair to basically hold the team hostage and say, okay, well, then I'm leaving. And so, like, the example I would give is, like, if the three of us are playing three-on-three and Kool-Aid is obviously the best best guy playing, but Kool-Aid says, I'll only play with you guys if I get 70 shots a game, we'd be like, all right, like, that seems like a little bit, like, excessive. I don't know. But so it's like if you're giving giving people an ultimatum 
that like ultimate that that, that for the whole, for that that for the like uh, grand scheme of everything doesn't really help anybody. I don't really see how that then is on the fault of like let's say me and Eve for being like. Well, actually, I think if we move the ball around, it actually would probably help, like, help everybody. And, like, we're happy if you take, like, 90% of the shots, but we feel like 70 shots a game is probably is, is, is probably a is bit it, too many. And so no. that's, where, and that, that's where I kind of feel like this whole thing has gone completely off the rails, where everyone is now in this camp where, like, the, like Sean Marks and Joe Psy, for, for, from, no. what we, from what we know about everything going on, wasn't at like all they are asking for and all they wanted, which is something you guys have said to me in text forever, is Kyrie, we think you're unbelievably talented, but these last Show three up. years have been an absolute nightmare. Show up and then we'll be happy to pay you. They're not saying they weren't saying to Kyrie, we'll only pay you if you're 50, 40, 90, and first team all NBA. There was nothing like there was no bad faith negotiating. No, and I like, said this to y'all in the chat as well. So because Long before they did it. Yeah, I don't. I don't want people to think that I'm just blaming the front office because I'm not. What I'm saying is, if we're gonna say they had faults, the fault was you could you gave over too much control, and one or two. You know, y'all know me. I don't think they really put a balanced roster together. So that's their you, fault. Now going you, back to the players, and you're right. The both of you are right. The, you know, the, now, what, no, no, now, now I'm going on the Sam side because I remember uh -huh. I said I was going to do both sides. The issue with the players is that nobody wants to talk about before they got to the Nets, who catered to them? That's the real conversation. Right. Go to nobody. Didn't, didn't cater to, to Durant this way. They had a structure. He may, he may have been heard, but they went about their business. Kyrie, he, didn't, he wasn't heard in Cleveland. They won a chip. He wasn't heard in Boston when he left. They went to the chip. He came here and got power and went crazy. Now, they didn't, they, to me, KD, this is where it comes to KD. I don't care if you're my friend, right? This is business for us. I signed my contract in the summer. You should have done what you were supposed to do to sign your contract. Now, this is probably before the vaccine. Right. He could have had that contract was on the table. Because... Right. Nobody saw this coming because he got hurt in the in the Buck series. Everything was fine. Yep. You know, so yeah, we wanted we want you to sign. You didn't do it and nor did Harden do it. And now it's coming to bite them in the butt because you didn't do it and you didn't get back. So as an owner that I'm giving you everything, I ask one thing of you. Regardless, and I'm not just talking about the vaccine, because you know that's somebody's body. You're gonna do what you want with your body. But if I'm asking you to show up if I'm asking you to do this, the contracts are given in good faith. So when we talk about the contract, he was offered a four-year max, max money. So we're talking about that $250 million deal he was offered. He just didn't like the way it was offered. Yo, if you come into play and earn your money, the first two years being guaranteed, and you got to play a certain amount of games for the back end, that, that's okay. And KD should have told him, yo, bro. You ain't play no games. You know the stunt you pulled. But KD can't act like he not mad with what Kyrie Kyrie did because you saw it on his face. But that's a that's an important point, Kool Aid. That's a that's a really important point. It it goes back to um, KD not telling Kyrie, "Hey, oh man, this is kind of important. 
here's the science. You could test these things. You could you could check for what for what these ingredients do. I took it. You know, let's just make this happen. But 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 let's say that. But but you know what's crazy? I got a brother. I told that to. He's gonna mm-hmm. do what he wants. That's fine. But if you can't have that conversation with your friend, y'all not friends. Exactly. Every ugly, ugly conversation. So my thing is, then you should be able to tell Kai, yo, you left me here. I came here for you to do this together. You haven't shown up. And he should have, he should have been a man and said, you know what? Let me sign the contract because you get the money you want. Right. And if you're coming to work, you're going to get paid. I, they can't even say if he get injured, it won't trickle because, because injuries, injuries happen. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, sure the language of that, that they could have fixed, fixed if that was in there. But, but it, it's to me, to me the, the onus, onus is on the players, players when you give, give you everything you ask for. And granted, and granted it all hasn't been right. But there's a lot that's going on. I wrote a tweet last year before Harden asked for the trade. I said, who are you picking, Harden? You're going to have to choose between Harden and Kyrie. Clearly, he... he for, for as much as Harden quit, it starts to make sense now when you look back hindsight. He just, just <laughs> went out and at any means. Not nah, don't. But that don't at all. It it doesn't. And and I wanna I wanna make this clear. Like it's weird that it's it sounds in the framework of how we're having this discussion, like we're arguing, but all three of us none of us are none of us said anything that's wrong. It's just they're just pieces of the puzzle, and we just may vary on how much of a percentage of 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 the fact that that this happened is the reason why all of this is happening. Um, one hundred percent, Sam. I was gonna have you go on it and and kind of put a cap on on who's to blame. It, it's a and one hundred percent pie. It's. And I have to put Nash with front office. I mean, I could put him with coaching, but I think had he would have been in, first of all, he's the wrong hire. So that goes back to front office because that was a Sean Marks hire. He asked for, he asked Nash to coach before Kenny Atkinson. Nash said no. Nash then saw Katie and Kyrie, got googly eyed, thought he was going to be Steve Nash. And he's terrible. So even in this rebuild going forward, he should not be the person touching our next iteration of this next this next chapter. He should be going with the O because he, he's out of his depth. Um, Nash philosophies, I think, um, don't didn't coincide with the stars. Um, and to me, it was shown in the Boston sweep. He still can't make adjustments and he didn't help his players. He didn't put them in the best position to succeed. Um, and it's not no fault of his own. You don't know what you don't know. He's a he's a Hall of Fame point guard. He doesn't have a feel for the game from the other side, which is the coaching. So when you really look at the blame, it's going to be about 50-50 because front office and coaching go together. And it's a marriage that just didn't work because, first of all, Kyrie and KD do not work without a connector. And for those who don't know, the connector is the point guard. Them two alone do not work and go together by themselves. 
So I, I think a miss. I think a misscouting of Kyrie is that he's a point guard. He's a he, two guard. He he's he's a two guard, and um, I think that's one of the the mistakes of the front office is not realizing how bad that they needed a a a a um a point guard. Sam, what, Sam, put a um put a bonnet on this uh who's to blame thing. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, you know, like Kool-Aid started, t- started touching on one thing that I think, and I've been really adamant about this, that I think is the really under-the-radar thing that no one seems to say that much about KD, which is that the dude in a lot of ways, and it's unfortunate because, Eve, as you said, it, it, like a lot of the stuff that we didn't think about him has kind of come true, in that he has like this passive-aggressive way of showing that he's upset, and his trade request was kind of case in point. But he also seems like he's allergic to direct confrontation because a lot of this stuff that's going on right now could have been settled by pure like just like hashing it all out, which is why I thought like the con- like the conversation you guys had about you know friends and what you're willing to say to me is like super spot on. Like to me, the KD Kyrie thing is almost like the two guys in a group of friends where. Everyone in the everyone in the group understands that one of the friends does something that's annoying and really great is really grating on everybody, and you know like like people really can't stand it and they're debating like kind of excluding him. But the best friend isn't willing to just like say to the dude like, "Hey man, like when you do X, Y, or Z, it's really fucking annoying and no one wants to hang out with it. Like when you talk about how much money you make at work or when you talk about like." what you do outside of whatever, like whatever it is, whatever annoying tendency you have, like you should probably stop. And it would actually be for the better of the entire group if you stop, because then everything will just kind of be more seamless. And so that's what it just kind of seems like to me. It seems like you have this dude who like is, is clearly in a lot of ways in, in Kyrie, who's just a weird mercurial guy that has, and this has been reported a lot, has a lot of yes men around him. And because of it, like, is not really used to anyone saying like, hey dude, like this stuff that you're doing is phenomenally debilitating to a franchise. And I think that like, it's so, so telling that KD, like when we all, when we put out what ended up happening at the end, what ended up happening legitimately was that KD is upset that Kyrie wasn't able to get a, a contract, that there was not one team in the NBA that was remotely even close to offering the same thing. Like that's like that, like that is what we're talking about at the end of the day. You can talk about like, oh, Adam Harrington was fired, and like there's been other rumors about like this guy was fired, and they saw it as disrespectful, whatever. Like, like, like this this has to like you can, like you can, if if, K, if Kyrie got a max contract, KD would not have uh, requested a trade. I think we can all agree with that. So it's it's clear that the contract is the big thing. Do and we all do we all agree with that? I agree with that. Kool Aid, do you agree? Agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, but it also let, let KD know he was losing some of his power. power. Right. And I think that, 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 that is also a hard thing that, 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 that has to be said. Oh, go ahead. I'll finish, Sam. Huh? I think he was done. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's like, do we, like, can we put out on the table, like, how crazy that is? Like, you're talking about, a, like, you're talking about a dude who is unbelievably concerned about what his legacy is, no matter what he says, and who is sensitive about what, what's happened with him with, you know, his, how his last two titles were looked at. And the dude legitimately is now willing to just like 
throw away this new thing that he started, which he is the face of. Like, he is the face of this of, of this Nets thing. Like, Kyrie is obviously kind of, like, the villain of it all, but KD is the face of this Nets project. Like, it's not like Curry with the Warriors or whatever. And he's throwing it away because it's a guy who literally, like, Eve has posted this on Twitter a million times, and I don't think it can be said enough, a guy who literally is being talked about being traded for Russell Westbrook, who's one of the worst contracts in basketball, and, like, two picks that are four to five, four to six years away. That's what we're talking about, what his value is for someone that people think, think at the same time deserves, deserves a max contract. contract. Like, and the, the and can, can I just say one thing real quick about that, Sam? Because <laughs> it's important. The nerve at this, uh, the nerve of this dude, Chris Haynes, <laughs> to put that deal out there and say, and we're gonna, and they want to offload, <laughs> they want to offload Joe Harris and Seth Curry. Yeah. So the so a trade where the Nets get nothing, zero. They they get a negative, a player that makes you worse when you get him. They lose three, three starters, starters basically. They lose, <laughs> they lose three starters to you. And and all you send away is your problem. How fucking gullible was 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 these Lakers fans making spaces, talking about it like the trade had already been done, just like like fucking Chris B. Haynes is 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 uh, Adam Silver. What is wrong with no, people? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I got, I, got I, got I got a better one for audacity, and this is, goes to summarize everything we've been talking about. We won 44 games this season, right? With <clears throat> with Kyrie playing 29 of them. So if Kyrie plays another 10 games, are we the one seed? If he plays 15 games, if, if, if we play, we play 15, 15 games, games, right? We win seven of them. If he played 15 more, we won about half the games with him. We'd be a 51-1 team. That was about first place. Right. I was, I was right, right here. Yo, Cooley, what about one step? What about one step further, though? If Kyrie plays 15 more games, whether it's because he's vaccinated but then got hurt or whatever it is, I think you're also getting a more motivated James Harden the whole time. Well, and this is and this is and this is the issue that that fans have because you had you took that they took that stance and then wavered. The, the, then, then it leaves the door open to say, well, you should have just let him play from the beginning. The results say that that moved through the team in disarray. It like Yeah, yeah but it, it went through them in a disarray if you did it from the beginning and everybody knew it. It's the fact that you did it in, in January and the team was, had a rhythm and they were first, second place and they were cooking. And then now... You 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 put them in, and we know why because COVID ran through the league and our team. Get it? But that kind of dynamic personality will throw anything off. But it had to be done either way. Yes, sir. What is that? Yeah, no, I just, you, you, like, like, it's just, I, I, don't, I don't know, know. I, I, I guess I'm just, I'm just at a point, and this is like a more philosophical comment than anything else, I'm just very sick of, you know, blaming the people who I think in general have been trying to do right by what's going on, and I think, like, for Nets fans to look at what's going on and be like, 
wow, like Josai and Sean Marks have failed me. It's like, look at what they've given you since they've taken on their roles versus what Kyrie has given you. Like, I just, I, I just find the disconnect to be kind of weird. Like, I get that Kyrie is a player. I get that he's one of the most talented or skilled players to ever play basketball, whatever. But like, everything that's happened in the last, in his three years here has just been a domino effect that is that leads to more and more and more issues. And like, you can always you can always take each action that Kyrie does and rationalize it or say that it wasn't that big of a deal or whatever. But at the end of the day, no other team has all these issues happening. And like, you know, you guys are in, you guys are in business. I'm in like, I'm hoping to join the legal world, like stuff like past events and precedent, that stuff ends up, ends up showing a lot. And what we do know from the, from the past is that Kyrie has a tendency to go to certain places and the places end up in utter disarray. And when he leaves, they become way better, which is why I was of the opinion that, look, if they can trade him and get, you know, like the combination that we heard about with the Clippers, for example, like uh, Norman Powell and someone else and a pick or whatever, like to me, it's like you're not getting the same talent back. But in a lot of ways with someone like that, it's like addition by subtraction. It's like I just think a lot of this stuff is relatable to life. It's like you play three on three, you know, with with friends of yours and you might have like two of the most talented guys on your team. But if like the two guys hate playing with each other and, you know, like, and, and, and you have terrible chemistry and no one feels like moving without the ball or whatever, you're not going to win games. Like it, this isn't 2K. And it's like clear. It's just clear to me. Like you look at that Celtics team the year after Kyrie left and you substitute Kyrie for a guy in Kemba who, who was a shell of his former self, whose knees were, were already gone. And who, and, and who, even at full strength, isn't even close to where to where uh, to where Kyrie is. But like the team was eons happier. Like it just you know wasn't. why? Yeah. You know why? And it's, it's something I tweeted yesterday. All of this play that we're talking about, it's all about respect. This was, this was players going too far. Management had enough, and you can't tell somebody who's paying your paycheck what they're going to do to a certain degree it's over you hadn't you just had no respect for the person that cuts your checks and that's why we're here where we at because we're not we they our our stars don't live in reality nor nor did Kyrie have respect for for the institution as he probably would say yeah i'm i'm gonna put a button on it by saying by saying um, the some of the blame goes to someone neither one of none of us have mentioned so far, and and that's the fans. I think nah, fans, 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 are, fans are getting hit with the streets. Nah, you can't. Well, let me, fans fans. Well, let me let me tell you why I think that. And then, when a team is a certain, when a team is winning, losing, whatever it may be. There's a climate around the team. And if you've been a part of Nets Twitter long enough, you could recognize when, you know, that a certain climate or a certain feeling will motivate a certain move. They are the customers. And that's why they sneak in our spaces. That's why they create um, burner accounts to hear what we're talking about. 
we are the customers. And if, you know, uh, you know anything, the customer's always right, even though we are painfully wrong. And for a long time, the status quo thought and what we were demanding as as a group, that, that includes all of us, because we were so enthralled with having superstars that we stopped demanding the core thing that made us who we were, you know. And so the the atmosphere around these people who are product testing was give Kyrie all the power, give give KD all the power, whatever they want, do. That's that was the consensus feeling of of the majority of us as as one digital stream of consciousness. And and I'm and I hear it's worse on Nets Facebook. I, I don't know what Nets Facebook is. I've never been on it. Uh but we need to start marketing on SM. We gotta get on that. But um uh I I I hear it's the same but worse in in, in other places. So what we're asking for has been a part of our demise because it hasn't worked. And I I wanna I wanna be able to hold the the owners accountable. I want to be able to hold the GM accountable. I want to be able to hold the coach accountable. But you can't do it because the players have existed in this in this atmosphere where they can do no wrong. And we blame everybody but them for what's going on. And that makes them bulletproof. That makes them where they feel no shame of getting swept you, you understand what i'm saying like like kd had like a 10 point game in the playoffs or some crazy shit like that less than 15 i i've, I've been trying to scrub my brain of of what happened and and these games were close so but when it, when all of that happened we blamed everybody but them and it was them that chose some of these players it was them that missed all these games. It's them, regardless if it's their fault or not. If you're not healthy, that's a part of what that's that's a that's a you problem as a player. If you can't be available, or if you're old and rickety and you can't play 82 games, not expecting, but you can't play 75 games and push a team to a number one seed. How do you not wear some of that blame? And they don't. We keep telling them they're great. I'm I'm a part of that. I kept on telling KD, you're great. It's that weird old Kyrie. No, come to find out, it's all of them. And instead of being mad at them for what they do, we get mad at each other. We felt like you, people come come on your timeline offering their meat. What kind of shit is that? That's that's what you do. It's it's crazy what's happening in in the climate of netsdom because we are the customers and what we're asking for is the same things that have made us suck so i look kind of forward to this going forward we we get brandon ingram we get we get uh this young kid uh scotty barnes we add that to what we have. We could have a long, pause. We could have a lengthy, bouncy, athletic, 
fun team of hungry players that want to make their name in in the NBA. And uh, that precludes, I mean, c concludes my rant. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, uh, but it brings us to the next part of this uh, conversation we're having is where do we go from here? I, I, I want to play a game, gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to assign a team that we can do the trade for KD with. And you're going to tell me what the best trade you could get from it. The three teams I'm going to use are the Suns, the Pelicans, and Toronto. Once I assign the team to you, you make the best trade the Nets can make with that team to go forward. I'm going to take the Suns because I hate that trade. I can't stand it. So I'll take I'll swallow the bitter pill. Sam, I want you to do the Pelicans. No, 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 excuse me. I specifically want Kool-Aid to do the Pelicans. And Sam, I want you to do Toronto. You got it? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm here. No, I'm here. All right, cool. So good. Um, Kool-Aid, give me your Nets with KD, sending KD to the Pelicans for what? Uh, you know I like this one here. So I'm taking baby KD. I'm taking Brandon Ingram. He makes about $30 million. I think he got three or four years left. He's 24 years old. He gives you 25, 5, and 5 right now in Zion's team. Um, so he's doing that as a number two, but he's really a one because he closes for the Pelicans. Then I'm asking them to give me either Herb Jones or Trey, Ooh, Trey, Trey Murphy. Murphy. Ooh. You know, <laughs> knowing that they're going to say Herb Jones because of the, the, um, Playoff series in the in the in the season that he had. Like, I get hyped as you talk. So they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll give you Trey Murphy. And for those who are not familiar with him, he went to uh, Virginia, but he's like a six nine two three. He's a spot up shooter. Um, he can do some things. He's long, athletic. And then I'm asking for Dyson, Daniel Dyson, the six seven and a half, six eight point guard. That's their rookie pick this year. So it would be kind of like how um. The Gobert trade, um, where they took the first round pick, uh, Kessler Walker. Yeah. So, seven footer. Think about the eighth pick. The eighth pick makes around four point five million. So if you throw that with um, with uh, what's his name, Bi, that'll get you around thirty five million. I think Trey. This was his first year. So you have somebody else on a controllable rookie contract with four years before you even talk about an extension. So that'll take it to about almost forty million. The trade could be done because they would have to give out, send back like thirty-five million, and then you're asking for the four picks and the four swap and the four swaps, and then you can sell KD because everybody's so concerned with, well, 
What if KDU doesn't want to go there? You're telling KD you're going with Zion, you, CJ McCullough, you're still gonna have Herb Jones, you got Graham, you got they have other young pieces. And and and, and Larry Nance Jr., they have vets that have been to the chip. And you can tell him, hey, that's actually a better situation than Phoenix. And then I'll I, I say this, then I'll do whatever goes next. Because when you think about Phoenix, for them to try to force us that trade, they're gutting six or seven players to make the money work. So in a nutshell, KD going to Phoenix will look like the Nets right now. If somebody gets hurt, it's over. So you go to the Pelicans, you don't have to do all the lifting. That's Zion's job. That's CJ McCullough's job. You're the topper. Pause, no homo for saying that. I digress. I let me tell you, I have a little tear in my eye right now. <laughs> Wishing for that trade. Like that trade, I could move forward with that trade. That's that 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 trade makes the Nets a good team for the next five years. Those Brandon Ingram is twenty four. He's at the height of his powers. He's just figuring out what he could do. He's not even in his prime. He falls in line with what we have with Ben Simmons. So everybody I named is six eight or taller, long athletic, and, and one what happens to really be a guard. That's that's a hell of a trade. That's I'm I'm wishing because if you could get Herb if you could get Herb Jones on top of that, another bulldog defender that. That's the one of the best defenses in the league, no? I, I, yeah, but I don't think they would give it, so you would have to word it as you give us either one. They're going to give you Murray just because they're not getting rid of Herb. And they, they feel, feel like, like they won. They got, to, they got to keep the player they wanted. Everybody knows you're not going to get Zion, even though he signed that max. You wasn't going to get Zion. Constellation, I give you Brandon Ingram. Okay. I, I take it. I take it any day. I, I love it. Sam, beat that trade. Beat that trade with the um with the uh uh Toronto Raptors. So I the the trade that Kool-Aid just gave was good. I like it. I think that this trade that I'm about to give, I think makes them uh pretty good now and also gives them a ton of flexibility and just good balance moving forward, which is I think you do KD and you might have to, the Nets might have to throw in somebody else depending on the, on, on, on what the Nets take back. And I think you give up, I think the Nets get um, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, who's by the way, only 23 and a half. Um, they get OG Ananobi who's just about to turn 25. And that was actually who I wanted the Nets to take the year that they took Levert. And, and then you get Scotty, Scotty Barnes. Barnes. And, and I, I think, think- I think if you trade those, those three, three. <laughs> I think if you get those three, you might have to give back to them like a Seth Curry or a Joe Harris. I'm not sure for money purposes. But why? 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 The money is – KD's contract is huge. You have to throw all those guys together to, to match yeah, the KD. Yeah, you're right. I was, thinking about, I was thinking about Kyrie's contract, which is smaller. You're right. You're right. And so I think, I think, I think, I think if you do that, I think what you tell the Raptors is, look – we're taking Barnes and Ananobi, who are obviously two of your younger assets, and because of that, we're not as into getting 
picks back, or you don't have to give up as many picks. So you guys can keep some of the pick flexibility that you guys want in case you want to use those to get better. But you just re-signed a lot of guys. Like they just re-signed Boucher. They re-signed Thaddeus Young. They got Otto Porter from the from the Raptors. So they actually have some depth. And and so that I mean, look, I think that I think that's going to be a, I think that's going to be a tough one. The issue is getting the money to work because if if Trent, let's say, is not part of it. Trent makes $17 million, so you got to get that from something else. I don't know if that's getting, like, Kem Birch or, like, getting Boucher, who I don't even know if he can get traded yet. Probably not. And so that that's that's my thing. But, I look, I think there is an argument to be made, and people could disagree or think I'm insane or whatever. There is a real argument to me that people talk about where they would not do Scotty for KD straight up just because – KD is 34 and Scotty hasn't even turned 21 yet. Scotty is in the second year of a, of a rookie deal and then you'll get the five year max extension. So you're talking like seven more years, seven to eight more years of Scotty Barnes. Um, whereas, I mean, K, KD, we don't know. I mean, KD looked worse in the Boston series, which could have been for a lot of different reasons. But I think if you can end up with Scotty and then some combination of Trent, OG, or or, or, or you get somebody else from another team, whatever it is, I just think that's a, a, a massive win. And I think, like, then you have a cornerstone guy who is, you know, one of the one of the best assets in the league and someone who I'm sure the Raptors really don't want to trade. But if you're Masai, you're like, I already did this with Kawhi, and now I have a big three of KD, Siakam, and Van Vliet on top of whatever we keep. And so... From that perspective, you know, like then they're 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 right up there with the Sixers and uh, the Celtics and the Bucks for the best teams in the uh, uh, in the East, and so that's uh, that's my deal. I mean, that that's been the team that I've been focused on even before the rumors even started. That's who Barnes is the guy that I really want. I think there's an issue with Barnes and Simmons playing together. I think that's also an issue you think about later because they're both just such incredible athletes and they're both so young. And I think that I also believe that Barnes shot can continue to get better. I think he shot like 31% from three this year. So, but he's, he's not someone who's afraid of trying and it works. I mean, everything that, everything you say that hear about Barnes is unbelievable. And so that's what, that's the deal that gets me the most excited by far. He's, he's my guy too. I, um, I, um, look, the way I judge these trades is after I make the trade, am I comparable or or in the conversation to either be immediately or grow into uh, having a pairing that can go against the other pairings in the league? Um, the the Bucks are the Bucks are basically, and we and we saw that in the playoffs last year. Uh, Giannis and Middleton can a pairing of I don't know Donovan Mitchell and Miles I mean um uh uh and Bridges would that pairing beat Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown no but I do but when I when I kind of imagine hmm Ben Simmons. And Brandon Ingram versus Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's an interesting matchup. Uh, 
the difference between that one and let's say uh uh Ben Simmons and uh uh you know your choice I mean the one you did um Sam uh uh, uh Scotty Barnes Ben Simmons and Scotty Barnes versus Jason Tatum and um Jalen Brown that's I, that that's fireworks like level like for just a, a 10 years from now just them you know going at it at each other in the playoffs and it's really what you put around them that's going to determine championships because they're young they're going to be able to go through long seasons and and I I I think we could end up better but go ahead so with the so with the Scotty Barnes, Ben Simmons, and this was something I said in our chat. Um, the only issue with that is you might not have Ben Simmons. And the reason why is neither, neither one of them are the scorer. Like to me, Scotty Barnes is gonna be a great number two. He's not the scorer scorer yet. So you would need to probably pair him with a Donovan Mitchell. And then that's why you'll see a OG and Sam. That's why you need those draft picks. But I think. But here's my pushback to that. Here's my pushback to that, Kool-Aid. If I don't believe Donovan Mitchell and and Donovan Mitchell plus plus Brandon Ingram beats, you know, Tatum and and Jalen Brown. I think I think. He, I think Donovan Mitchell is a step below those dudes. No, it's only for if you do the Toronto trade. And the reason why is Scotty is about 6'8", right? He's, he's young. OG is about 6'8", 6'9". Trent is, what, 6'6", shooting guard. So when you put that with Ben, right, you're kind of getting redundant. And we know it's a wings league. And Ben is a point guard, but you don't have a scorer. So you need he those picks. He's a point guard in a wing's body, and he defends yeah. the best wing. He defends the no, best I, player I, I, on the court. One through five. So what, what, what I'm saying to you is when you look to say who's taking the last shot, you won't be complete as a team yet. You have to go get that piece still after the Toronto. Correct, correct. Which is which is why the Kyrie um uh, uh uh trade is important to me. I feel like if you could get a Sexton, if you could somehow tell someone who wants Kyrie, go you take your you take your assets and go get me um someone like Sexton. 24, uh, a kid who has scored 24 points a game in, in, in this league, you put that with this team, that's a solid start. Or or at least someone you could put with, with um, draft picks in the future to go get your superstar that's going to be your league dog. Um, uh, uh, your league dog um, point guard who's going to, or your league dog scorer. But nonetheless... Um, let's end this out by, by voting for whose trade was the best. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't. Oh, let me do the Suns. Let me do the Suns right quick. There is no good Suns trade. 
There's no way I could ever get my mind to wrap around the idea that any son's trade would be as good as as either the um the uh uh Raptors or the Pelicans. The Raptors or the Pelicans are the only people who you you could do this trade with. Anything else is just carrying to Kevin Durant and and that would be a uh, a triple sin out the door. You've lost mm-hmm. Go ahead, Sam. No, I was just gonna say the only way the Suns trade to me becomes good is if is is if if you agree, let's say, to get the Aiden Bridges, whatever, and then all those and then all those unprotected Suns picks, which I actually think could be really valuable because A, Katie and Cole will break down. They'll have no youth on the team besides Booker, who's always been a guy people thought might ask out eventually anyway. But if you can move some of those unprotected Suns picks with like a contract on the nets, if it's like a Joe Harris or someone, and then get somebody like elite, like another asset or something, then I think it's good. I just think a lot of Nets fans don't really want, you know, seven picks. Like I'd rather have three picks and more and more good players coming in, especially because I think Aiden and Bridges don't really like wow at any of us. The other thing I like about the um the Toronto assets a little more, even though I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that there's there's two choices here. Win for a long time is the Raptors trade. You do the Raptors trade and they're gonna win for a long time. Do the Pelicans trade, you're gonna win immediately. You're you're gonna be in the conversation to to yeah, hold on, let me let me finish out. And um and so uh I, I look at the if you get if you do Brandon Ingram, you're gonna be one of the toughest teams in the East this year. If you get Scotty Barnes, you're gonna be a tough team for a decade. That's how good that kid is. You're like you, you'll always have a talent in the conversation unless he eventually forces his way out on some bullshit. And I think the next CBA is gonna take care of that. But, <laughs> but um, no. So, go ahead, finish up. I think either Toronto or the Pelicans trade, because we're talking about Ben Simmons 25, Brandon Ingram 24. That's 10 years right there that they could be together. They're 24 years old. Kevin Durant right now is about to be 34. So they could do the same thing. Scotty Barnes, you can have for 15 years. I see what you're saying. He's going to give you five more years. But I think whatever trade you do, it should make you good now and greater later. And I I, I want to say this to the Nets fans. We won 44 games last year. Whatever trade we get, and I'm only saying this about the Toronto or the Pelicans trade. We will have a better team, not individual talent, but a better team than we had while we had this debacle of the big two or the big three. Because I truly think with the pieces they're going to put together, it's going to fit. And if it doesn't fit quite right yet this year, next year, it will definitely be a, a, a real balanced team. And I think these young boys can get you 44 wins. Like, let's not forget that we was a playing team. So the expectation shouldn't be championship because even having our stars, 
we only won seven playoff games. Like, it's not like they, they, they was these world beaters that beat everybody. And regardless of injuries, vax, for whatever reason, that is the result. Stop looking at the what if and look at exactly what happened. It was a first-round sweep. We got swept with the stars playing. Both stars played. We got swept. We always say superstars give you one or two games in the playoffs. We got none, and we had two. I think that's the most important thing that we could uh, uh, say to the Nets fans. This is an opportunity. Um, on 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 exiting this this uh, pod, on behalf of uh, my podcasting partners Kool Aid and 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 Sam, you know, what everything that happened in the past happened in the past. We know we could blame that on these players, but everything from now on. We have a clean slate. If if they actually pull this trade off, it's now on Sean Marks. It's now now we can all unify and, and come together and say that it's our future is in the hand of Sean Marks. And what he does here will define his legacy. He could be he could hold out and be and, and luck up into and put enough talent together to luck up into a championship which a lot of jams do and become a and become a New York legend or he could be the conductor of the greatest basketball failure to ever ever happen in the NBA. He would be free he he's going to free the ghost of Billy King if he doesn't get this yeah. trade right. Anyway, yeah, he's on an expiring contract. Oh, exactly. Like I don't know why people keep asking for him to be fired. He's going to be fired if he doesn't get this right. It's going to be the clearest thing that somebody's getting fired. We are Pod Thorn. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.